Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. These two co-workers share a past. College was a long time ago. Doesn't matter what happened back then. Now. You're going to Hollyvale. What? What? You know how you are with the weather. I'll be fine. Love becomes breaking news. Maybe I'll find my Christmas spirit. Lori Lachlan. There's something very special about this little town. Every Christmas has a story. On Hallmark Channel, the heart of TV. And we're back once again. It's Emily of The Feminine Critique here to talk about yet another Hallmark Christmas movie. Uh, I apologize in advance that they've been so Hallmark heavy, but I'm telling you the other networks are finally starting to catch up. Uh, Up and Lifetime are putting out a few new ones. I don't know about Freeform. Freeform may have have seeded their position this year because I'm not seeing any announcements of new Christmas movies and I am... Pretty fucking pissed about it because these Hallmark movies, guys, they really are all the same. They just keep making them the same way. Uh, that doesn't mean today's was, you know, today's might have been a little bit refreshing. I'm not going to lie. Uh, sometimes you just need to be made with a little more quality and you'll be a little more watchable. I know we've kind of been in a slump, if you will. But the movie in question today uh, is. Uh, Every Christmas Has a Story, directed by Ron Oliver, who has made a lot of these movies. Um, Most of his film credits, if you look at his IMDb resume, most of them have the word Christmas in the title and parentheses TV after that. One big exception, um, which more regular listeners of The Feminine Critique may know better, is he also happened to direct Prom Night 3. Uh, I actually haven't seen Prom Night 3. I love Prom Night 2. Hello, Mary Lou. Um, the first one is, yeah, yeah, you know, everybody kind of feels meh on the actual Prom Night other than the disco scene, which is impeccable. But Prom Night 2 is fantastic. I have not watched 3 and 4, even though I have them on DVD. Um, so it is odd that of Ron Oliver's filmography, I have seen more of his Christmas movies than his Prom Night movies. But anyway... Uh, this is a story about Kate, and Kate is a sort of Kelly Ripa-esque personality. She hosts a morning talk show. It seems very, um, I guess, you know, bubbly and positive and kind of kind of, the kind of show that people that probably watch these Hallmark movies also watch. Uh, and Kate 
on the episode, kind of one of her, oh great, my cat just found the bag of Christmas ornaments. This is about to get to be a very complicated episode. So on uh, the episode before she's supposed to go away on her vacation to Hawaii, uh, Kate has as a guest on the show uh, a guy that like collects Christmas ornaments. And so she does the usual like, oh, tell us about this, tell us about that. And then the show ends and she's still in the studio and the guest is like, hey, I want you to have one of these ornaments. Thank you for having me on your show. And she's like, no, 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 that's okay. He's like, no, really, please take this handmade Norwegian ornament. And she's like, no, 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 honestly, I'm not really into Christmas. It's just not my thing. Um, so no, thank you. I don't want to take it from you. And then he's like, no, take it. And as she turns around, she knocks him over and he falls on his ornaments and breaks a bunch of them. Uh, and guess what, guys? Oh, my God. The camera was running the whole fucking time. So all of those people that wake up at 9 a.m. to watch Lori Laughlin interview um people that collect christmas ornaments are like oh my god she's a fraud she hates christmas oh my and i don't even think she says i hate christmas i think she's just like i really don't like christmas i'm not that into it but this is kind of the equivalent of like oh god what was the the radio host who um made some racist comments about the women's basketball team like this is bad guys this is really bad uh, so her boss, who is kind of, you know, your, your power bitch network executive says, well, you got to fix your reputation. Uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to send you to the town of Hollyvale, North Dakota. Hollyvale, North Dakota is a very special little town. It's the biggest little Christmas town in the world or something. And they're big on Christmas and they have sent this like video invitation saying, come here and you're going to find your Christmas spirit. So they pack Lori Laughlin to North Dakota, and along with her goes her producer, slash, can you, I, I, I know you're thinking like, oh, I bet they hate each other, they're going to fall in love. Um, this is the other variation, where it's not that, it's that they used to be in love. Her producer, Jack, played by Colin Ferguson, uh, and her were college sweethearts, and they tell us this in a very, um, very kind of convenient um helpful exposition where Lori Laughlin, where the like makeup artist is doing Lori Laughlin's makeup and then it kind of comes out and the makeup artist is like, I've known you for so long. I can't believe I never knew that you guys were together. It's like, yeah, no, you totally only told her that now so that the audience can find out, but that's fine. Um, so Jack goes with her to Hollyvale. Once they're in Hollyvale, they learn that um, the, town has kind of lost a little bit of its Christmas spirit because it always has a big tree in the middle of town and that's just a big thing it always has and the last like few years there hasn't been a tree and there's a mystery and Kate's like I am a reporter I want to I want to drill into the mystery and Jack and the network executive are like no you're a morning tv talk show host you're not a reporter you just need to make it look really cute and that's all we're gonna do um but so there is a bit of a, uh, you know, uh, conflict of what kind of story are we telling? Of course, everybody in town is all sweet and awful, and I'll get to the, them all in a minute. Um, but the point being, there, there is a mystery. The mystery eventually involves Willie Ames, aka Buddy on Charles in Charge. Uh, and I don't want to spoil things, but I think it's fair to say... 
Kate will learn the true meaning of Christmas. She will reconnect with the father that abandoned her when she was a little girl. She will reconnect with the love of her life who has been under her nose all this time. And she will fix her reputation. And let me just talk a little more about the reputation because it's really glorious the way this is treated. Remember when Mel Gibson was pulled over by a female cop and he called her sugar tits and he went on a rant against the Jews and it was all recorded and we all heard it and we were all like, holy fuck, Mel Gibson is insane and racist and everything else. That's the way they treat this rant. This, I don't really like Christmas. It is up there. Now, you can say whatever you want about, um, oh, maybe it's just for Hallmark. Or is it because she's a woman? You know, I'm just saying. Like, nobody would care if Donald Trump was like, Oh, Christmas, kind of overrated. We'd be okay with it, right? Or apparently the world would be okay with it. But when Lori Laughlin says it, it is just drop everything. Yeah, it's the worst thing she could possibly do. Uh, there's also a great line where one of the assistants is, they're like, well, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Nobody saw it. He's like, no, the video went viral in record time. <laughs> really? Is it? First of all, is there a Guinness Book of World Records for how quickly something goes viral? Um, is there terms and definitions of when it actually... It, it's kind of whenever you watch anything... Like I remember an episode of America's Next Top Model back in the day when they were talking about going viral and how it was one of those, you keep saying that word, I don't think it means what you think it means, quote, because they treat it as if it's... Um, your record, your record went gold. Like there should be a number cap for when it's viral, but I don't think anybody does that. I think it's just, it's on the internet and somebody talked about it. So it's viral. Um, anyway, this is what the movie is. Uh, the most fantastic thing about this movie guys. Uh, and I'll get to our 10, uh, ingredients. And if they're all in there very shortly, but I want to talk about something first. I noticed at a certain point in this movie, I'm like, you know, I always have a problem with action movies and even Buffy where if, if your thing is that you're running around and fighting, it's so much easier to tie your hair back when you do it. But I understand why you don't, why characters don't on TV shows. A, because of stunt people, it's much easier to have a stunt person and spend less time on making them look like the actor if you can have hair in their face. And B, it's much harder to get the consistency. Like when you put your hair in a messy bun, ladies, you know what I'm talking about, it really rarely looks the same one day to the next. So, but when you're making a movie, if you have your character just have completely flat, straight hair, it's easy. Like, it's always going to look the same if you, you know, kind of map out where your part is and everything. So I'm thinking as I'm watching this, I'm like, wow, like, Lori Laughlin like, never changes her hair in this movie. The entire movie, she has kind of long hair. It has, you know, kind of brown and blonde highlights. And it is parted to the side, pin straight. And... To the point where she is woken up at like 5 a.m. and she gets out of bed and her hair is perfectly parted, straight down, pin straight. And then I noticed other characters had that going on too. There's this awful, awful, annoying young teenager in the movie and she has like braided pigtails and she has them the entire movie save for one scene. And I'm watching and I started getting really, really eagle-eyed about this. I am pretty sure this entire movie was filmed over the course of two days. I think all of Lori Laughlin's stuff may have been done in one day. They have gotten so good at these movies, so efficient. This director, Ron Oliver, has made a lot of them. Lori Laughlin is one of the royal court members of this genre. She's in a lot of them. 
I really do think they filmed this movie in record time. They make Little Shop of Horrors look like a James Cameron flick when you watch this because I swear, if you somebody had like a more high def TV, maybe you can like plot sweat or any flyaways or anything. There is nothing. This it it is creepy how everybody looks the same in every scene of this 90 minute movie. And I just got a, I don't know if you can hear me clapping, but I'm applauding. Because I have to say, that's efficiency at its best. So, well done. Every Christmas has a story. You do get bonus points for that. I will not deny you those. But now let's delve into our 10 tropes of the genre. This is Hallmark, so you can bet we get most of them. Number one, our lead in need of a lesson. Yep, we go straight with the A-type of a working woman who is obsessed with her job and has no time for anything else. Even has a backstory wherein she had the chance to go when her and her boyfriend were graduating college and he got a job offer and she got a job offer and it was one of those, like, she made a choice and she picked her career. Is the movie judging for her that? Of course the movie's judging her for that. Uh, you also get lines where she actually, or where characters are talking about her. My favorite was, um, you know, you complain if your Chardonnay is too cold, which you you don't get much more white than that, for one thing. Uh, our setting, we, again, kind of start in L.A., so it's a nice twist on the big city. And by L.A., I mean, like, establishing shot of Los Angeles, followed by conference room. That's the way it usually works. Um, then, of course, we move to Hollyvale, North Dakota. Now, let's talk about Hollyville. Um, North Dakota, I have never been myself, like most people in the country. I've never been to North Dakota. Um, my understanding is that it is north, right? It's fairly high up there. And come winter, it gets pretty cold. That's, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. I didn't, I'm not great at geography. Um, it's one of my weak Jeopardy categories, I won't lie. But I think it's pretty fucking cold in December in North Dakota. So, yes, there is a comment made that you didn't bring a coat. Are you going to be okay? And she's like, no, I'll be fine. Oh, it's cold. Um, you say that if you're, like, wearing a winter coat in North Dakota. You don't say that if you're wearing jeans and a sweater and a puffy vest over that and no hat and no gloves. So this is, is a magical, magical place because apparently it's only, like, 40 degrees in this freezing winter town. Uh, we have a town mayor played by Bruce Harwood from The X-Files. Uh, he is, in true form, a rather incompetent mayor, but do, that's how we like him in these movies, right? They shouldn't be able to solve problems. They need a corporate working woman to come in and solve them for them. Uh, now, moving on to number three, the bland love interest. Uh, this, In this case, we get Colin Ferguson. He looks familiar, but I guess I didn't recognize him from anything. He has a very soap opera look. He's tall. He's got you know a nice, like again, chiseled face, prominent jaw. And I have to say, I actually liked the actor in this. This uh, this movie has if has all of the typical things you expect from these, and there's nothing surprising about it whatsoever. But I will say, I think having Lori Laughlin and Colin Ferguson, who are both uh, a little older than, like, compare this to Christmas Incorporated, where it's a very similar setup, um, and you had younger actors who are so boring and are just coasting on being attractive and think they're charming, but they're not. In this case, you have, again, good-looking, very good-looking actors who haven't done much of substance in the world, um, but they know a little more how to act, I guess. 
so they make this they make this relationship work even though i wasn't invested i at least could see chemistry and i appreciate that uh Moving on to number four, the montage. Yep, we get a Hollyvale is great montage. So there is a lots of different filming of townspeople giving interviews and talking about how much they love their town. Number five, dead parents. Um, not quite, but, you know, stretching the rules, but no, there's there's kind of half points here. So we get, we know that Kate's dad... This is the whole reason she hates Christmas, was that he left the family shortly after Christmas when she was a little girl, and she's never forgiven him for that. So there is that aspect. Uh, And yes, he does show up later, like out of nowhere, including on TV, which is kind of disrespectful to her career, but anyway. Um, But we also get the character of Willie Ames, who used to be the family that supplied the big famous Christmas tree to town every year. And he hasn't been doing that, and you find out why. It's because his wife died on her way to one of these Christmas tree lightings a few years ago. And ever since then, he hasn't been able to deal with Christmas. Um, So I think that kind of qualifies. It's not dead parents, but it is absentee dad plus important dead wife that drives the plot. So I think that gives you like a half point, right? Totally does. Onward, we have our sassy sidekick. Um... Yeah, kind of. So we get kind of two variations of it. Uh, one, and I will post this picture, is that the one of the rules, of course, of the sassy sidekick is that she often wears earrings, or she could be black, as we talked about last time. And in the very beginning of this movie, when the makeup artist is being told the expositional background of Lori Laughlin's relationship to her, her ex-boyfriend, uh, the makeup artist is black. And is wearing big holiday-themed earrings. And I I do have a picture of that I will share. And I'm thinking, yes, we have, like, perfect sassy sidekick. But she doesn't show... That's it for her. So she goes away. But then later we do get their cameraman is kind of a big, doofy... So he's sort of a twist on it. And he's, like, always there and always kind of smiling and giving... um, important backstory that helps drive the plot forward so i think again it's kind of cheating but combine those two and you do have that representation in this movie don't worry number seven the evil woman uh again sort of cheating but um laurie laughlin's boss is played by an actress i should know her name by now because she's been in like 12 of these movies she was in a family thanksgiving um I have seen her show up. She was in Stock by My Doctor 2. She played the psychiatrist. She is a very attractive woman. She's black, so she will never get to be the lead in these movies. Um, and she seems like a good actor. I've seen her do a lot of these. She probably films all of them in one day. And she is kind of painted as the villain just because she's making Lori Laughlin's life hard. So I guess we'll kind of give credit to that. Uh, number eight is Slapstick. And we get like a very token moment of Slapstick. Where once uh, Lori Laughlin lands in North Dakota and she's walking with her soon-to-be boyfriend again. And they, they kind of make a comment about how she's not dressed for winter. She's probably not wearing boots with traction. And so she slips. And it's very, there's a big sound cue because, of course, she falls and he falls with her. And it's that, like moment that happens in all of these movies where characters fall on top of each other and their lips are right near each other and you're like oh my god kiss but no somebody comes and interrupts them and then they don't kiss so that counts number nine sage old person uh yeah uh willie ames 
is kind of our sage old person, even though he's the one that needs to kind of learn a lesson about not um, destroying an entire town because of his dead wife. Um, but considering he has a Christmas lair, that's the only way to describe it, when they go find him and he's like way out in North Dakota and you can't find him with GPS, but they end up getting stranded and end up in his house. His house is decorated for Christmas the way like that one person in your neighborhood decorates for Christmas where they just go all out. It's the only thing they do all year. It's like that. And he has candles lit everywhere and it is just a raging fire hazard. Um, so he's there to help things. And then we get Kate's absentee father who abandoned her family, but he does show up and he's showing up and trying to apologize. Uh, and, that's not what makes him a sage old person. What makes him a sage old person is later he is sitting in a bar and Jack goes to the bar and Jack's trying to figure out like if he wants to make a move basically. And so Jack decides for whatever reason, he's going to decide based on what Kate's absentee father that she is estranged from has to say. And he just gives some advice about like, go get it. Like if there's something you want, go after it. Merry Christmas, sage old person talk. Uh, so Jack decides, okay, I'm going to do it. So therefore, were it not for Sage Old Person, we don't have the finale we have. So yes, we have a number nine. And Santa Claus, we don't have a real Santa Claus, but we do have, uh, once again, Sage Old Person, absentee father showing up dressed as Santa Claus at the very end. And that somehow propels Kate into the true meaning of the Christmas spirit. And the town is happy. So with those points, we do end up with like probably like eight and a half. It's it's like because I'm giving kind of half points for a few things. Fear not, um, because we do indeed, as far as our bonus points come. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, do we get a cloying child? Good God, easily the most cloying child of any of these movies, and the reason she's so cloying is she's not like. I don't know how old this actor is. I could look her up, but I don't... I, I I really never like insulting child actors because it's really not their fault, right? As a kid, you, you have certain instincts and, hey, sometimes you're a little Jodie Foster and your instincts are amazing. And sometimes you're just a kid that was cheerful at the audition and the director figured, okay, I can work with you. And then the director didn't know how to give you direction and didn't know how to get what he needed, right? It is really, you, you cannot blame the child for the performance, but fuck this little girl. This is the little girl who is in charge of the, like, uh, hotel that they're stuck in in Hollyville. And she even, like, says, she's like, I'm not really the owner. I'm just a kid. But I work at the hotel. And she is bad. Like, she is, I guess, once again, I kind of assume it's that they have quotas and, you know, here they are filming somewhere in Canada and they need a child actor. And once again, it's so hard to get a child actor and then get permits and then have to bring them overseas, over the border and all that. So they're like, you know, it's just, um, you know, we're filming this thing tomorrow. So we need an actor like right now. We only are going to have them for two days. Can you like go to the nearest uh, school and just like ask the teacher for their fit, like who they think is the best actor they have. And they sent this little girl and, I'm not kidding. Every time she talked, I just went, ah! every time. And she talks a lot in the movie. And her whole thing is like, she wants to be a reporter when she grows up. Just like you, Kate. Can I call you Kate? That's how they talk on TV, right? 
Um, yeah, it's really painful. And again, I hate being mean about it, but if, if you kind of enjoy laughing at child actors, this is a great way to do it because she's really bad. And they give her a lot. Like, she's in the movie more than Willie Ames. Even though, when I recorded this off of TV, the, like, TV description says, starring Willie Ames, comma, Colin Ferguson, comma, Willie Ames. Uh, somebody was way more excited about Willie Ames and Lori Laughlin, and way more excited about anything than this awful fucking child actor. Um, but that being said, the, that is a bonus that merits like 12 different stabs of poisonous poinsettia leaves in your throat. So this movie gets a 9,000. Because again, bonus points for being filmed so fast. Really good work. Good work, Ron Oliver. Uh, That is it for the movie. Do I recommend it? You know, more so than most of the other ones I watched this year. It is just a little better. Uh... It's not necessarily written any better. I think it really does come down to having more experienced actors. You know, even your mayor is Bruce Harwood, so he's decent. Um, Hey, Willie Ames shows up, and some people are really excited about that. So, hey. Like, aside from the kid, uh, everybody's fine. They're on point. Uh, It's also, again, like, such a great example of imagine this movie as told by... David Fincher, the same story, right? Disgraced reporter goes to small town to show that she's one of the people. And you'd have a really different movie. And this one is as innocent and frilly as you can get. Uh, But again, it's just more watchable. It's not, it, it doesn't feel like you're just eating air like Christmas Incorporated. It feels like you're eating a crappy um, Christmas cookie that comes in one of those tins where you think it's going to be really good, but really it's just like, ah, eh, it's butter and carbs. It's, it's, you know, it's satisfying. Dunked in tea, it's pretty good. So that's where we stand on every story. Every Christmas has a story. Uh, yeah, I'm still hoping we'll do better, but I am pleased to say... Of the ones we've watched so far, we've done a lot worse. So, Merry Christmas Story, one and all. Just a 30-minute ride 
Separate love. 